when TPT Forward 2024 was announced and they said that there would not be a virtual version of the conference for this year. I know there were many teacher sellers that were bummed out because they may not be able to make it to San Diego for one reason or another. But I think this is a blessing in disguise because there is a completely virtual conference that did so fantastic last year. It was easily one of my favorite conferences, and that is the Teachers Sellers Summit. The great thing about this is that it also takes place in the summer. This is from June 27th through the 30th, and if course, it's all online. You have not only pre-recorded sessions, but you also get live events. So what I wanted to share with you about right now is information about this Teacher Seller Summit and how you can level up your business from the comfort of your own home. There are sessions about perfecting your product listings, creating print-on-demand workbooks, opening up your own shop, and diversifying your income streams. But not only that, you can also connect with successful teacherpreneurs and industry experts to take your TPT or teacher business to the next level. Here's what's in store. You have in-depth sessions about mastering key business skills, both on and off TPT with insights from experienced speakers, a variety of networking opportunities where you can connect with business owners worldwide, swap ideas and learn from each other's successes, practical tips and strategies with actionable techniques to succeed, whether you're just starting out or you're aiming higher. And additionally, there are live Q&A panels, a private podcast for on-the-go learning, and so much more. I'm presenting at this conference, and my session is about three keys to a successful TPT store brand. So you may be wondering, what does this cost? What's the investment on this? And there are early bird tickets available through April 30th for $99. And you can save nearly 25% by just purchasing in the month of April. But if you're listening to this and it is past April, but not yet June, so May and June, you're listening to this, you can still purchase tickets to this conference for $129. You will get a 90-day pass to all 40 sessions, live Q&A panel discussions, virtual hangouts, co-working spaces, private podcast. If this sounds like something you're really interested in, you can check out my affiliate link in the description where you're listening to this episode. I hope I can see you there. Now let's dive into this week's episode. You're listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast a show for busy teachers looking for ways to engage, inspire, and make an impact in their teacher businesses. I'm Kirsten, a teacher business owner who is all about simple and actionable tips, strategies, and resources that result in wins, big or small. If you're looking for that extra spark of creativity, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in together. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Teacher Podcast. I wanted to have a special guest on to talk about something that we are probably, for the most part, not too keen on really thinking about or discussing, and it's still important. 
either way. It's so important in our business and that is taxes and bookkeeping. So it seems like it's a scary concept for me at least, but I have a special guest, Emily Bryant, who is breaking it all down for us and hopefully will help you breathe a sigh of relief. Emily has been in the tax and accounting industry for 10 years, and she started her company all about accounting in 2017. She's packed with knowledge and advice that can help you optimize your tax strategy and business bookkeeping. And the best part is that she works exclusively with the TPT community. So she really understands our business and how unique it is. So I really think this is a great conversation to listen to as you are filing your taxes for the year or whether you file quarterly taxes. Just keep this episode on speed dial. There is one part of the interview where at the time of the recording, we talk about how there are some changes in the 1099Ks for the 2022 tax year, but that new change is not going to be rolled out until 2023. So keep that tip in your back pocket until next year when you're filing taxes for this current tax year. All right, so without further ado, here is that interview with Emily Bryant. Well, we have a special guest on the podcast. Welcome, Emily Bryant. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about taxes and bookkeeping and all that good stuff because it's a very, it's a subject that I really don't know very much about, to be honest. Not many people do. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, Um, but it's so important. It's one of the biggest expenses you'll ever have. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like, TurboTax is great. It's a great tool, but there's so much more into it that you probably need to know other than just filing things on TurboTax. So um, just go ahead and talk about yourself and any teaching experience you have, um, how you got started in all of this. Sure. Um, Well, I'm Emily Bryant. Um, I'm the founder of All About Accounting, and we specialize in educating the TPT community about their newfound tax and accounting obligations. Uh, and for those sellers who are uh, at a point in their TPT journey um, that are wanting to outsource the monthly bookkeeping and tax preparation, we're able to step in as their dedicated expert in that space and help them with that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. As far as teaching, though, um, so I've never been a teacher per se. I grew up coaching various, you know, kids team sports. I was very athletic as a child. Um, and in that way, I like to give back. Um, and I actually had somebody in one of my Facebook groups. Uh, ask me, are you a teacher? And, you know, and I give the whole, well, not really, Uh, Mm -hmm. like never in a classroom setting. And I gave her like my Instagram and she came back to me 30 minutes later after watching some of my content. And she's like, ha, you're a teacher. You teach adults (laughs) about taxes. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, that was like the nicest compliment I've ever received. And I actually use that. So when we were at uh, Rachel and I, she's uh, like our client director. She's kind of like sales and pricing and all of that. We were at the TPT conference and when people would add like, oh, what do you teach? And I was like, I teach adults about taxes. So that was just my little soundbite that I'd love to. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true though. It's like teachers don't necessarily have to have taught students or children, school-age children in the classroom or anything like that. There's all kinds of teachers in all kinds of spaces. So So tell us about your journey as an accountant 
and like I'm sure many of us are probably not familiar with the process of becoming an accountant, but I'm assuming it's very like like rigorous, you know, to get through being certified. So tell us about that. Um, there is. So like, first and foremost, I think of myself as an entrepreneur, not really an accountant. Like mm-hmm. I just, I happened to be doing accounting. Um, and so I got my bachelor's in accounting. Um, and I'm actually an enrolled agent. An enrolled agent is a, it's a federal license issued by the IRS that oh. basically says you are a tax professional. Like mm-hmm. you are allowed to do tax returns. Like nice. you, you understand the law, like you can do all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between that and a CPA. Um, so I had to pass three exams in order to get my license. I have to do continuing education every year to maintain that license. Um, similar to a CPA where you have all of these courses to pass, it's mm-hmm. a lot more broad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I didn't want to be in public accounting. Like I don't want to work with companies that are on, you know, the stock exchange, right. <laughs> Just not, it wasn't my vibe. Not your thing, not my thing. Um, and they can go in very different directions. So CPAs, they can specialize in audit. They can specialize in tax. They can just be in like corporate. Um, so if you talk, if you just like meet a CPA on the street and you ask them a tax question, most of them will say, I don't, I can't prepare your taxes. I have no idea. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Like that's a pitch because they don't specialize in it. So right. they yeah. ask one exam to say that, Yes, I knew that at a time, but that's not their specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of a, a difference there. That's good um, to know. So like if any of us are deciding to hire, like if we're thinking some general CPA, oh, that's that can be my accountant. They don't not necessarily know as much or are trained as much as maybe somebody who is certified in what you have. Yeah. Now they're like, if there's, if there's a CPA that is like advertising services as uh, like, as, as a tax accountant, then they probably know that's what they specialized in. Mm-hmm. It's more of the like, oh no, my friend's sister's brother's cousin is a CPA. I'm going to ask him. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, uh, no, <laughs> that's usually kind of what happens. Or they'll give you some like advice, but like, they don't like, you just don't know. You're like, Hey, do you know about taxes and preparing taxes in terms of the licenses? Mm-hmm. Um, my continuing education as an enrolled agent all of it is required to be about taxes. Mm. So it's like 72 hours uh, about taxes. Mm-hmm. Whereas a CPA, it can be about anything. <laughs> like, how do I like make my practice better? How can I like do like auditing? All of these mm. different areas that it might not even need to be tax specific. Okay, interesting. Yeah. That's good to know as well. Yeah. Well, we're talking about bookkeeping today. Um, and you know, among other things, but um, what is bookkeeping in general, and why is it important, especially for entrepreneurs like you and I? Um, all right, so bookkeeping is like to kind of break it down into one nice, neat little sentence. Uh, bookkeeping is a way to organize all of your monetary business activities, mm-hmm. which is kind of a mouthful, but I mean, it's a lot, so it's kind of um. You don't have to be good at math. It's basically people always like, oh, you must be good with numbers. You're like a bookkeeper and you could do these things. And it's like, no, it's middle school math. It's algebra. It's organizing. Like it's barely even that. Like it's mm-hmm. just organizing your numbers in a certain way to be able to answer some questions. And why would it be important for us to be able to manage all of that? Well, all right. So the first thing of why it's important, I'm going to say there's like two main reasons okay. here of why it's important. The first one would be that you have to have it if you have any hope of following the law. Mm-hmm. 
right? Like <laughs> because you don't want your people book- to come for you. <laughs> exactly. Your bookkeeping is your tax return. Mm-hmm. Like that's what your taxes are based on. So if you don't have it, you have to come up with something and that takes a lot of time and people do a poor job of it and they don't check their work and it's just, it's garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, so having bookkeeping will help you stay away from the IRS. Like that's good. it won't come after you. Okay. That's pretty simple. We like, don't want that. That's Hopefully a big one. Yeah. Like that's reason, that's reason number one. Like that's the just second one. reason is also important because it helps you assess the health of your business. So mm-hmm. like you can use that like information that's all nice and organized to make spending decisions, tracking trends, identify red flags, mm-hmm. and kind of mm-hmm. use it as a baseline for your budget, for your future, mm-hmm. and just like help grow your business. Mm-hmm. So like one, just like fear of actually like, you know, government oversight. And then two, it actually will help you grow and be successful. Yeah, that sounds sounds pretty important. So that's great. So how can bookkeeping impact our taxes? So like when we are, you know, managing all of our expenses and all of our profits and all of that, how can that impact the taxes that we have to pay quarterly or annually? So because like earlier I said that your bookkeeping is your tax return. So Mm -hmm. you're going to pay taxes on your net income and you need, obviously you need bookkeeping in order to track that. And so the impact there of like, good bookkeeping versus bad bookkeeping. I always say the number one reason uh, business owners pay more in taxes than they should is because of bad bookkeeping. Mm. Um, So you could miss expenses. Like you might not know if you're mixing your business and personal expenses and all Mm. of that. Um, You might just forget that you paid Canva on a personal card and then not include it and get a tax deduction for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And more frustratingly, like on the other side of that, if you are not maintaining your bookkeeping properly, you could duplicate income. Mm. And okay. what is worse than like missing out on deductions is like paying the IRS more in taxes because you said you made twice as much as you should have, like right. uh, which is awful. And I have met, like I have had clients um, come to me where they've had a duplicated 1099 um, that we've had to go like resolve that resulted in in taxes Mm. that they would have paid if they, if I didn't catch it for them, essentially, I was Mm -hmm. like, Hey, are you sure that's the amount? Because your QuickBooks said otherwise, Mm -hmm. can you double check this? Yeah. And then they did. And then they saved $18,000. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big chunk of change there, but yeah, that like makes sense because especially when like, if you're going in and filing taxes, there's usually you pretty much are itemizing a lot of things and it's so easy to just be like, well, I was about this much on that, you know, these certain items. But if you're like overestimating a lot of it, that's more that you end up having to pay to the IRS and all of that stuff. So I I totally agree on that as far as like, you, you really have to keep things pretty, pretty accurate and exact as possible. Yeah, the exactness is important um, in terms of, I mean, most people that I talk to, uh, like a lot of TPT sellers, they come to me, they're like scared to death of the IRS. Mm. Like they (laughs) do not want to like draw their attention at all, Um, which is fair. Like it is scary. You're you're like, okay, that's a government agency. Yeah. Um, But if you are estimating them, if there are any numbers that you are estimating, like that should be a red flag right Mm -hmm. there for you. Um, is that you're like, oh, I need to not like I you actually need to have the proof behind the numbers that you report. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the best thing to do is just like keep receipts 
track those, but like also track it in your bookkeeping, have a separate business bank account. At least like those numbers are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't just be like, oh yeah, I think I spent, it was like 500 bucks on Canva. That's like really high. I think it's like $50 <laughs> yeah. um, for Canva pro or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's even if you're using like the paid version, there's paid yeah. version of Canva. Yeah. So it's just, uh, you, you gotta have the, the receipts. I think that's the same nowadays. Yes. Like, show me the, <laughs> show the um, receipts. <laughs> but like, seriously, it's like true. keep your receipts. <laughs> Literally show the receipt, <laughs> literally show the receipt, show what you spent your money on. Um, and a big thing, um, like to kind of talk on that a little bit, there's, there will be accountants that'll say, oh, you can rely on bank statements. Like you don't need to keep your receipts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to Walmart and you go, like you can buy all sorts of things at Walmart. You can spend a lot of money at Walmart mm-hmm. and you spend like $200 and you're like, oh no, that was for business. Mm-hmm you kind of need a res- itemized receipt of what did you actually buy? Cause like I can buy groceries at Walmart. I can buy swimsuits at Walmart. I can buy a lot of things at Walmart. Right. Um, that have nothing to do with my business. Right. Um, and a bank statement is only going to show Walmart. That is a good point. And like sometimes, I mean, I don't know if this is, it sometimes helps, but it's still, you don't really know exactly just based on the statements in your bank account, but I will like, if I'm buying something personally versus something in my business, I'll just, just put a little, you know, those little, what are they called? Those little separators on the little conveyor belt. And I'll oh, just yeah. two like, separate make two purchases. purchases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I pay one with my business card, one with my personal card. That yes. kind of helps, you know, that's one way to separate it, but it's, <laughs> it that's is the best like, way to do it. Just the only part that I don't do is saving, saving those receipts so that I can go back and remember, oh, wait, what was this on? So, but yeah, like that's, I mean, like one, do that step one, do that. Cause then you can show like, Hey, so if the, in that scenario, if the IRS were ever to audit you and I was your tax accountant, I'd be like, this was for business. And I would go show them your personal bank statement and your business bank statement. Look, these purchases happened on the same day. Yes. She separated out her business and personal. That's going to be business. And like, that's like a bit of, you know, kind of proof there. It's not the best, but like that is a leg to stand on if you're going to take that step. Right. Um, the best one would just be shove that business receipt in a Ziploc bag Uh (laughs) or better yet, take a picture of it. If you have QuickBooks online, you can just take a picture right Um, in the app and you save it. QuickBooks online. That's, I I never thought of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's just like right, right there. Like I, I mean, most of my, uh, like, Actually, a lo- even a lot of TPT sellers, they ha- it's mostly like online, like emailed receipts. And you mm-hmm. can actually set up a forwarding address where you can forward that receipt straight into your QuickBooks. And so I do that because mine are like 99% of my business receipts go right. are emailed to me. So like I review them, send them, and then I put them in an email folder, <laughs> just like, just in case they bounce back or whatever. You never happens. know. <laughs> um, yeah. Covering all the bases. Exactly. Well, you've, we've already kind of touched on this as far as like um, trying to not mix in your personal and business transactions together, whether it's on like your, you know, one card or when you're at the store grabbing a couple things for your business, a couple things for like personal. Um, but what are some best practices in general regarding separating those types of transactions? Having a separate business bank account. Um, and we can touch on that like a little bit further as what if you're an LLC? What if you're not an LLC? Or is there a difference? Does it matter? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an LLC, you have to have a separate business bank account. 
in the LLC's name. Mm -hmm. Now, the LLC could just be under your social security number. Right. Or you could have an EIN for that. If you have an EIN and you set up a business bank account under the LLC, but is attached to your social, you need a new business bank account. Mm, okay. Because an EIN and a social security number, so an employer identification number and a social security number, those are separate entities. And so an LLC, you are trying to create a separate legal entity. And right. so if you have something that you own personally under your social security number, but it's in a different person's name, you are now mixing business and personal and you could blow up your LLC. Yeah. But if you don't have an LLC, it does not matter if you have a business bank account, like legally, uh -huh. but for ease of bookkeeping, get a separate bank account. If right. you want to make it a business bank account, all the better to you. If you don't want to go through that, create a different personal checking account. Mm -hmm. But if you're an LLC, you don't have that option. You must have a separate business bank account and it has to be in the LLC's name and identification numbers for what they are. Okay. So if you are starting that LLC or if you have one, don't use your social security number, go with the EIN or? My recommendation is that if you set up an LLC, you should get an EIN at the same time. Yeah. Just do it all in one. Because so yes, like it's just, it just makes it easier. You can, you know, there's like even more separation. Um, and at that time, set up your business banking account. So you get mm -hmm. your EIN and then you go set up a business bank account. Okay. That seems like the, the best method to go, but I know everybody has, you know, it is, but like sometimes like in different of situations. Like, so yeah, in terms of like LLCs and stuff, um, uh, for a lot of TPT sellers, your biggest risk is of like litigation mm -hmm. because you sell digital products, right. Is going to be copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. You know, like I remember there was a big Warner brothers thing TPT sent out a little while back now. Yeah. Um, that's your biggest one. And when you take a step back from it, the first step in sort of copyright infringements is you're going to get a letter mm -hmm. <laughs> that says, stop what you're doing right now. Cease and desist. And then you're like, oh, yep, <laughs> sure. I'll, I will definitely do that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then you like change, right? And then you right. change it and then you don't have this risk. Right. So, right. You'd have to be like doubly not super smart to, uh, ignore those to mm -hmm. then put yourself at risk. So sometimes it doesn't really, like you don't really need an LLC, but like sometimes it's nice both, both in terms of like a comfort for you feeling like, you know, you're going to do this and I feel like a true business owner and this mm -hmm. feels legit. Um, you don't need to have an LLC to be a legit business, but I understand that there's like kind of feelings that are tied to that, having that. Right. Well, yeah. And that's good to know that if you're you know, not maybe ready or you're still kind of starting out, you can at least just take what you have currently with your bank and just create a separate, a new checking yeah. account at least. So you can get a debit card and all of that stuff. So you can start making purchases and um, even just being able to route, you know, whatever you make on TPT into that specific bank account. So that's really good to at least start there before yeah. you want to deep dive into other things. Oh yeah. Cause it, what it does. So when you do that, do that separation that you start that you just described, um, it will make your bookkeeping so much easier because mm -hmm. it means that you can delay actually doing your bookkeeping. Right. Now I don't really want to advocate too hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because like there's so like it's there's so many important reasons to like maintain your bookkeeping throughout the year um mm -hmm. but if you are a small seller you're just starting out 
um, you're probably not looking at your note. You're just trying to like create product, create product, do these things. And the accounting side is just so far on not your list of things to think about Mm -hmm. is that you can just use at the end of the year, if you have kept everything separate, you literally have a list of transactions that are all your business income, all of your business expenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now if you're like making money, you can just transfer the money. If you need the money from your business activities, you didn't just transfer it out. Right. Yeah. And like, and that's it, but you're still left with these, you know, 12 bank statements of business activity that you mm-hmm. can work from. Yeah. So that's definitely a good start. So I totally recommend that if you're kind of like listening, like I need an LLC to do all of this. No, that's not the case. So yes, but it's, you know, depending on where you are in your journey, that's kind of where you kind of go from there. So those are some really great tips on that. So I guess recently um, there's some new law updates on 1099Ks. If you want to just kind of explain what a 1099K is and then how would that impact TPT sellers? Absolutely. So starting in the tax year 2022, so this year, so when this airs, I believe we will be filing 2022's taxes, Mm -hmm. which means that you will receive or will have already received a 1099K if you have made $600 or more from a merchant processor, it used to be 20,000. And so a lot of TPT sellers didn't have to worry Uh, about it because they didn't hit that $20,000 in the year threshold. Um, But now it is $600. So that's going to be a lot more TPT sellers. That is a lot more TPT sellers. And merchant processors are uh, like HyperWallet, PayPal, Venmo, Stripe, Square, all of those. Mm-hmm. Like QBO payments, those are all merchant processors that have to follow this law of if they have ran through them the number of like dollars that you have made, yeah. it is $600 or more, they are required to send you a 1099K. Mm-hmm. And I know like I got one from TPT last year and it's usually, I think they send it around December or January, but there is an email you get where I think you have to fill out the information and they send it to you. I need to look back at yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah. So. so anything, so I know there's a big, um, there was a big push with like the hyper wallet switch. And there was a lot of people that were upset about all of the personal information that was, that TPT was collecting in order to facilitate this law. Mm-hmm. If it's not, they're not just asking for it because they want your information. They are actually required by law to have it before they pay you anything. Mm, Okay. Because if they, if you make over $600, they have to send you a 1099 K. And if they don't, those are penalties that TPT has to pay Mm -hmm. or like, well, HyperWallet in this case, like HyperWallet has to pay those penalties. And do you think they are going to choose paying those penalties over your or your lack of wanting to share your personal information? Right. No, they're they're like, uh, this is a risk assessment here. Yeah. You can give us your information or you could not sell on TPT or like not get your payouts. They're about their bottom line. And that's, you know, that's what it is. And so there's like, and so I think there's always like a miscommunication about what, why, that information is being asked for and why you can provide it. And, you know, as, you know, a sentient being, you can decide not to, Mm -hmm. but there are consequences to not doing that. 
Right. Um, but um, anyways, more about the 1099 case. The thing that can happen with this that um, usually uh, gets sent out that you mentioned in December is TPT sends out an email saying, if your deposits were in PayPal, let us know because PayPal is also a merchant processor. Mm -hmm. So if your payouts from HyperWallet are deposited into PayPal, PayPal thinks that's income and will also send you a 1099K for that same money, okay. thereby duplicating oh. your income and you having to pay more in taxes, but that's not actually true. Right. But they can't tell the difference. And so in December, uh, HyperWallet TPT, they send an email saying, do you think this is going to happen? And then if the answer is yes, then they try to they try to not send you a 1099k and then PayPal sends it to you instead. But even that is not like good. Mm -hmm. So my recommendation is always to set your hyper wallet to your bank account. Mm -hmm. It is cheaper anyways. Yeah, so, I think, yeah. yeah, I have mine. Like as soon as I guess we were able to apply or sign up for hyper wallet, I made sure that I was connected straight to my bank account. So, all right, well, that's good information to know. So $600 or more from the 2022 year, you should be, if you haven't already gotten that email from TPT regarding the 1099K. All right. Well, thank you so much for all of this good advice on income taxes and bookkeeping. Where can we learn more information about you in general? Like what um, other resources do you have for us? Uh, so the best place uh, would be to follow us on Instagram and our handle is at all about ACCTG. Uh, and I know, I know that's a really dumb abbreviation. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, but if you also just search all about accounting, you should find us. Um, it's me dressed up as an IRS agent for a lot of it and it's fun. Yeah, um, yeah. but you can binge that content and that's where, uh, we create all of our sort of educational materials and that's the first place things get pushed out. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also have a Facebook group if you're kind of more interested in like asking questions and having more of a discussion in the community. Um, it's called tax tips for the TPT community. Um, and those are really like the two main, main places to kind of reach out. All right. Well, sounds or, like good. learn more. Yeah. Thank you so much, Emily, for being on the show. You are welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also find me on Instagram at the Southern Teach. I cannot wait for you to join me in the next episode for more tips and inspiration. Have an amazing day. Are you looking for a way to grow your business without working too much harder than you already are? Do you want to optimize your limited time and see a real impact on your business efforts? Well, I've got great news for you because your data playbook can help you achieve all of these goals and then some. As a teacher, you know that the education market is super competitive and in order to succeed, you would have to stand out from the crowd and deliver results that really matter to your customers. 
But without the right tools, it can be kind of hard to know if what you're doing is truly paying off. And that's where your data playbook comes in. The membership is designed to help teacher sellers like you leverage the power of data-driven strategies. You can unlock valuable insights about your customers, your products, and your sales performance. This membership is packed with access to analytics tools and resources, personalized coaching sessions, and a community of like-minded teacher sellers who are also eager to share their insights and experiences. I totally believe that your data playbook can help you take your teacher seller business to the next level, but don't take my word for it. Check out the website to see what other teacher sellers are saying. I'd appreciate it so much if this is something you're considering to check out my affiliate link in the description. There are different membership tiers. So if this is something you're considering, you should definitely check it out. It's your data playbook and I hope you can join.